This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 204, and I'm talking with Alice Wright. Alice runs for Hoka Aneane with NAZ Elite. She is a 1545 5K runner, a 3156 10K runner. In January of 2019, she debuted the half marathon in 113.17 and has taken that time down to 111.38 already in just a few months. Alice was planning to run the Chicago Marathon this fall, had to step away from it because of injury, but she is going to be back at it before we know it. Alice ran for the University of New Mexico on an athletic scholarship. She is from the UK. In this episode, we talk all about why Alice chose to come over to the United States and run for the University of New Mexico. I also loved hearing about why she chose to run with NAZ Elite and all the great things about that program as well. All right. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Aftershocks. If you haven't checked out these headphones yet, you need to do it. You can go to another.aftershocks.com and use the code another to get $50 off an endurance bundle. What I love about the Aftershocks headphones is that they have an open ear concept and so you can actually hear the surrounding things going on around you while you're running. So you feel much safer. I am wearing my Aftershocks all the time. I just have them on and then I pop them down on my neck and just wear them around my neck and I don't even think about it. So if you haven't checked out these headphones yet, head over to another.aftershocks.com and use the code another to get $50 off an endurance bundle pack. All right. I want to let you all know that Glenn Hine and I are recording a Patreon episode today. We went on a 20 mile run earlier today. Uh, Long story. My big boys are on fall break. So they're down at my parents' house and we sent Sandy to daycare for the day and Glenn took the day off work. So we got to run 20 miles together on a random Thursday, which was really fun. But that also means we have lots to catch up on and talk about in regards to the podcast and my upcoming live events and all kinds of great ideas for Patreon. So if you want to hear that episode, which will drop tomorrow, the same day as this podcast is dropping, head over to patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine, and you can catch up with that conversation and what we've got going on over here. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Alice Wright. Today on the podcast, we have Alice Wright on the show. Welcome to All Have Another Alice. Oh, thank you. I am excited to speak with you. And I have to start off by saying I'm so sorry to hear about your bummer of an injury. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely bad timing. But um, I'm trying to just see as everything happens for a reason. And um, hopefully I can just come back stronger for the next one. And, you know, I learned some invaluable lessons during that build up. Um, ben likes to think and I like to think as well that I, I kind of did about 80% of that build up and hopefully that just doesn't go to waste, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think oftentimes when people get injured in the middle, especially of like a marathon training cycle, they they think, oh, what a waste. I did all that training and now I can't even 
show it on race day. And it's like, well, that season wasn't lost. Like you still built those fitness gains. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, hugely disappointing not to actually be able to do the race itself. I I felt like I was in a good position to do it. But um, yeah, I definitely trying to look at the positives. Um, Like you say, hopefully, I you know, got some marathon um, training kind of gains. And I, I really did learn some invaluable lessons about just marathon training and how I kind of adapted to it and um, just, you know, um, lessons about that for my next build up. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, um, you know, nothing kind of goes to waste there. And um, I, I definitely learned lessons. Yeah. So Alice was training for the Chicago marathon, her first marathon. Um, so we'll get into you kind of jumping into the world of marathoning, but let's kind of <laughs> introduce you to the listener uh alice runs for inasia lee under coach ben rosario but you're from the uk so tell us about running growing up and how that became a love of your life (laughs) um so i guess i should start by saying you know i don't really come from my um running background my my family don't really run um my sisters did a lot of um, rowing, which I think you guys call crew. Um, okay, yeah. And so I, I kind of, yeah, I grew up, um, you know, going to the, watching them race. Uh, my elder sister was, she took the rowing quite far. And um, I'd always go and kind of run alongside her, um, you know, racing in the rowing boats. Um, and so I guess that's kind of where I started, like, running, I guess. Um, and then it really just progressed from school sports days. I remember I just always felt so um kind of competitive I guess at the school sports days um everyone else kind of was taking it you know just having a good time it's school sports day it's not that serious but I was kind of taking it really seriously and it just meant a lot to me honestly um and then I joined my local um running club which was Worcester Athletic Club um I come from quite a small village in England and um there weren't really that many runners in my um we call it like um so it's like counties and I was from the county of Worcestershire, Hereford and Worcestershire. And so, um, yeah, I think I just joined this running club and I did the school cross countries and, um, just because they, I didn't really have that many people to compete against, I kind of rose to the top quite quickly. And I think that was actually really positive for me because it kind of gave me the confidence to carry on with running. Um, and yeah, before I knew it, I was at uh, university of New Mexico um when I was 18 I went there in my for the freshman year which is quite unusual for um internationals most people kind of go uh, for um, their master's degrees um but I actually went for my undergrad degree and um it was really the first time I'd been to America so it's definitely an eye-opening experience um but yeah that's kind of my progression from how I went from England to uh, America Yeah, I I find that really interesting. So I'm going to say this and then I think, oh, I should have looked back because I think that you're my fourth runner from the UK that I've had on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So so the most recent one that's been on, though, is Charlotte Perdue, who you probably probably know her. Um, So I in her episode, she's a bit older than you, but we talked quite a bit about what that looked like running in college in the UK and how she was like running with Uh a sponsorship while she was, you know, in college because you don't get scholarships to run in college. So I'm interested in the thought process there. Like what keeps someone like Charlotte staying in the UK? Maybe it's just 
stay near family? And then what was your thought process deciding I'm going to come to America and run on a team? And I'm assuming you were running on scholarship. So was that a part of it? Yeah. Um, you know, I honestly would have stayed in England if I had been healthy at the time. But I'd been battling with um, an injury. It was honestly just simple tendonitis. But I was so young and naive that I really had no idea. And I just kept running on this injury. You know, it would feel better after like a week or so. And I'd run on it and make it worse. And this kind of went on for like two years, I think. And, um, you know, I don't want to keep harping on about being injured. Because I like to think I've been healthy quite a lot of my career so far. But um that was for me, I just wanted to change. Um, I was like, the system that I'm in right now isn't working for me. Um, it was a really backlog. Uh, there was a really big backlog for me to get an MRI. And so um, honestly, that was kind of what brought me to the US is I spoke to Joe Franklin at UNM and he was like, oh, we can get you an MRI in a couple of days. Mm. And at that point, I was just so desperate to get this injury sorted. And um, my sister, you know, she said to me, she was like, if you hate it, you can come home. But I think you should take this risk because to be honest, I don't, I can't really see anything negative coming out of it. Cause right now you're, you're down, you're injured, you're not running. And so you may as well go and give it a go. And uh, yeah, I mean, I went and didn't look back, but um, I, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying about everything happening for a reason, I think that that injury almost happened for a reason to, mm. you know, uh, push me to go to the U S and for me, that was the best decision I've ever made. So um yeah, I um, I can understand why people do stay in the UK because I don't want to say there's pressure to stay, but I think if you're um, you know successful in your age group, um, they will offer you like support and you know medical support and physio and stuff to stay in the UK, and it seems it almost seems uh, more of like the obvious option to just stay in a system that's working for you rather than making a massive change and uh, going to a completely different country. Um, but for me, you know, I, it wasn't working for me. And so I, I came just to give it a go. And fortunately, it, it did work out for me. Yeah. But if you if they offer you like um, physio and things like that, why was it going to take so long for you to get the MRI? Well, I hadn't raced for years. And um, so I wasn't really getting those those offers anymore. Uh -huh. And because I'm from such a small kind of country village, um, you know, I think it was about six months they were telling me that it was going to take to get this MRI, by which point <laughs> yeah. it was a chest fracture. I mean, it could have healed three times over. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and so that really was like the main reason I, yeah. I came, to be honest. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So why the University of New Mexico? Um, it was a very compelling, you know, email from Joe, um, and the assistant coach Harv at the time, um, you know, the I'd always wanted to train at uh, altitude, and obviously New Mexico's uh, well Albuquerque is at five thousand two hundred meters. Um, no, sorry, five thousand two hundred feet rather. <laughs> and um, I, yeah, the, you know, I'd seen the people had trained out there who were wildly successful, like Paula Radcliffe. She'd gone out there. I'd heard like McFarrad done stints there, and it was just those those were the main things really that drew me to New Mexico. And also I just kind of craved like a big change. I didn't want to go and do, uh, I don't want to go to like a university that was so close to home. I just wanted to like, you know, I grew up in this small country village and I, I just wanted like a big change and I, New Mexico uh, really appealed to me at the time. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned Paula and I know I've heard you talk in the past about marathoning kind of always being, something you knew you wanted to do. So as a little girl, did you grow up 
watching Paula and cheering her on. I'm trying to think how old you might have been when she ran her world record. Yeah, I... 15 I years ago, up, right? Um, it was 15 years. So I was what, about nine, I guess, at the time. Um, were you aware when but, you were that young? No, um, I think, it, you know, I've definitely grown more of an appreciation for like how fast our times really are now that I, you know, um, think about like mile splits and stuff. Yeah. But at the time, I, you know, I read her book and uh, she was definitely a big role model um, to me, um, as well as Kelly Holmes, who was, um, she was like a 1500, 800 um double um she got the gold twice at the 15 and the eight in the olympics in 2004 i think it was and i read her book i honestly just read both their books and i was wildly inspired by uh, both of them um but i always knew in the back of my mind that i wanted to be a marathon runner just because you know i, I say this to ben as well it's like I never really grew up um, running the shorter distances. I feel like a lot of endurance runners who are successful now um, kind of grew up doing the 800, um, 800 meters and stuff. And I really, like, honestly, I just used to run around the village, which was what, like a, a 3K, 5K, um, like, run every evening. And I never really did the sprint distances. And so a lot of coaches that I've had in the past have always said to me, wow, you're really made for the longer distances. And so, yeah, I just hope there's some truth to that because that is really what I've always wanted to do is the marathon. I'm just excited that I'm finally kind of at the the point in my career where I can really give that a go. I'm just picturing you frolicking around this village, like not in, (laughs) just like in play clothes, just running around circles. (laughs) I wish I could see a picture of what it looked like. Yeah, I mean, it's very, um, gosh, if I had to like relate it to something, um, it's very like green um, and like luscious. And uh, there's a lot of like farms around us. um, But it it is very, very small. And like the nearest Worcester, which is where I went to school, that's about um, 30, 40 minutes away from us. And so it really was very... um, you know, I spent a lot of time just playing with my sisters and like my local kind of friends. Um, and there wasn't really, really much to do. And so, um, yeah, honestly, Flagstaff is kind of um, where I am right now is almost similar to Avalie in the sense that there's not like a lot to do. You know, it's not like I'm living in like Chicago yeah. or like Los Angeles or whatever. And so it's, it is kind of a home away from home, honestly. It's quite similar in a way. <laughs> Do you get back there often? Um, so I normally try and time, you know, going home, seeing my family with like trial races. Okay. Um, and so it's normally about once or twice a year. Um, I would, you know, I, I really do miss my family and I would love to go back more. But um, I try and tell myself that even if I was in England, would I necessarily see my family more? Um, I think that when I go home, you know, I go home for three weeks at a time and I try and see my family for the, all of that time. And I think if I actually lived there, you know, now, totally, um, yeah. would I actually see them any more than that? And so I try, that's what I try and tell myself, but uh, yeah, once or twice a year. And, um, you know, I just try and make the most of that time that I am back home. Yeah. Three weeks at a time. It's like, if you live there and you, you're spending like, Oh, once every other week popping by, it's like three weeks of intentional time can be really meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the fact that in 2019, you've PR'd in the 5K, the 10K, and the half. So this is like, even though you're coming off this, like, you're you're halfway through recovering from an injury, you've still had a really big year. How does that feel? 
Well, thanks for, first of all, thanks for bringing that up because I do, do feel like I kind of needed to hear that right now, a bit yeah. down in the dumps about this old injury. But um, no, honestly, I um, I feel like this year's kind of been like a, a bit of a whirlwind, really. I didn't start off um, as well as I hoped. You know, I did Houston and New York um, half marathons. I did a 10K, um, like a the Pacific Pursuit in San Diego. And none of those races, I just didn't feel like myself. And I was really starting to panic. I was like, oh, I just don't know what's wrong with me. Um, whether it's all these changes, I was trying to kind of work it out. And I was just so grateful that um, it was kind of at the Carlsbad 5K on the road. And I'd almost just, I went into it just thinking, well, I mean, it's just going to happen. And you just got to give it your best. And really all that pressure just went away because I, I was almost at the end of my rag, you know. And um, yeah, that's kind of when I made that turnaround and racing really started to click for me. And then I went to uh, Payton Jordan for the 10K and San Diego for the half and uh, Mount Sac for the 5K and um, Piard, like you said, those. And yeah, those races really meant a lot. Um, so yeah, I was I was really just relieved and um, really really happy, honestly, to um, get those get those times. What do you think it was, and like, what does Ben, your coach, say about? Was it just that you needed to get through more of a different training cycle, or was it mental? Yeah. Um, I think it was just um, adapting to, you know, like new training. But I also think um, for me, at least, the, the change that I saw was um, taking my easy runs easier. I really um, struggled with the idea of running at like eight minute, 830 pace. <laughs> um, I just felt like you had to go, go, go every day. And I know that's a very immature mindset. But, um, you know, when I was in New Mexico, which um, is lower in elevation, you could, I could get away with running all my easy runs at 6.45 pace. Um, but when I came to Flagstaff, you know, I tried doing that. And I honestly think I just put myself into a bit of a well. And mm-hmm. it was really when I started to, because, um, you know, Steph would always say, oh, just go, take the easy days, super easy. And Ben would tell me this too. Um, and she's really a good role model for that. She takes them super easy, her easy days. And so I, I just started doing that. And then, um, you know, I kept my sessions the same. I just tried to hit the splits that Ben was giving me. But my racing really started to make a turnaround. I noticed at least when I started to take those easy days really easy and really let myself recover. Yeah. Do you feel like you just had more to give? Because and is that why? Um, yeah, I, I think so. Um I just think I was never letting my body recover. And uh, so when it uh-huh. came to the races, whether it was the taper, you know, I was taking a couple of days down and my body thought, oh, finally we can recover. And uh-huh. then I try and do a hard effort. I think, you know, I just had a bit of a panic. Um, but I, yeah, I, I would say um, it's it was definitely something to do with those easy days. Um, and then I also think just once you've kind of had one good race and you're rolling through a season, um, that momentum can kind of, um, just give you that confidence, I think, to um, to expect more from yourself as the the season goes on. And so I think that was important for me as well. Yeah. So you ran the half in one eleven thirty eight. Is that about your target time? Did you is did you have a time in mind when you went into that race? And that was San Diego, right? Yeah, that was San Diego. Um, so really, with that race, I just wanted to try and get top three. Um, and I did want to break 72. Um, I think it was 72.12 that I was I was trying to break. Um, and then 
uh, yeah, I, I really like didn't actually realize um, that I was actually on target to run kind of um, 31 in the 30s. Um, because to be quite honest, I didn't actually feel that good for that race. Mm. Um, I honestly remember looking at my watch after the first mile and thinking, oh, my goodness, I've got another 12 <laughs> of those. I was like, it's just not possible. And I really just did that kind of classic run of thing of like just taking it one mile at a time and just tell, trying to tell myself like, just get to 10 miles left. And then it was like, just try and get to eight miles left. And by the time um, I had, it really started to, you know, I had to really dig deep when I was about five miles left. And that was when um, Ben Bruce, cause he, he was pacing the guys to begin with. And then he was going to pace me for the last couple miles. I think Ben picked me up when I got to mile 10. And so that really helped. I just honestly just tried to follow him for the last couple miles. Um, and then, yeah, um, I feel like the course was pretty good for the last couple of miles as well. And um, that was mentally quite nice because it was like almost something to look forward to trying to get like the worst of the hills out of the way at the beginning. And then at the end, it was like more downhill. It was more uphill at the beginning, more downhill at the oh, end. Nice. And so um, mentally, I think that's always nice to have in a race because you kind of got something to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Even in a half marathon, it's like when you get to single digits, it's helpful, even though you've only ran like three, four miles. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like not <laughs> I honestly, less than 10. Yeah. I have a new appreciation for, um, well, not really appreciation, but it's kind of how I look at distances these days. Yeah. It's like trying to rewire my brain into thinking that 5K is nothing. You yeah. know, it's like in a half marathon, you see 5K and you're like, oh, it's nothing, I got this. But if you're in a 10K and you see 5K left, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm halfway. Uh-huh. And so I'd love to go into a 10K thinking, you know, getting <laughs> to the 5K mark and being like, oh, wow, like, I've got this, as a breeze. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's definitely interesting. It's definitely like... Um, Mentally very different training for the marathon compared to training for the 5K and the 10K, yeah. Yeah, even if I'm on like a 20-mile training run, I'm like, after I've done 10, I'm like, okay, you're in single digits now and you still have so much <laughs> yeah. longer to run. Now, you mentioned Ben pacing. He's like the pacing master these days, isn't he? He is. He's amazing at pacing. He really nails it to the second. Um, you know, before I got injured, I did a workout with him. Uh, it was five by two miles and really like he just did not miss a split to the second and it's impressive I just don't it always amazes me how the human body can just um just get into like that rhythm of knowing and I always think on the track as well it's like you know I've done races before where all my splits have been in the same second but I consciously haven't been trying to make that happen it's just how your body just kind of knows um Yeah. yeah it's it's amazing, but Ben's like absolutely nailed it when it comes to the pacing. Yeah, <laughs> he's a uh, really, um, in, you know, been amazing for um, us on the team who have had him as pacers. He's been invaluable. Yeah. Yeah, I got to see him pace Steph at the finish of the race yesterday. I saw them coming in like at mile 25. And yeah. It was really cool to see, you know, she was a couple steps behind him and I could tell that, you know, he was doing his job and she was just holding on to him. And I'm like, that that's extra cool to have your husband do that, too. Yeah, yeah, I um, I think their relationship is really awesome, and um, yeah, it just seems to really work. And he, I think he also, you know, he knows Steph so well that he can kind of um, tell when she's struggling and when she's feeling good, um, which I think can be good and bad. Um, just in the sense of like a, a as a pacer, it's kind of um, it must be a bit um, like bringing that emotional element in must be. Mm. 
hard sometimes for for him but um yeah they do a great job honestly and I hope that he can pace her again at a marathon and yeah she'll PR again I'm sure (laughs) yeah are you so is he moving more to a coaching role with the with the team is he still racing himself yeah I think right now he's doing a bit of both um we like love having him as coaching um you know, I think now the team's kind of got um, quite a lot bigger than when it started. I think it's important um, to have someone else there at training because um, sometimes, you know, we've got four different sessions going on mm. um, in one day and sometimes they can all be at different places. And so it's really hard for Ben Rosario to he can't do it all, you know. Um, and so having Ben there to hand out bottles or, or pace or time um, is great. And I think also when it comes to the pacing as well, um it means he can get a workout in as well. Yeah. Um, you know, like last year, really, he trained just with Alephine and I for Houston. And then he went and ran, uh, I think it was like 62.30 in, um, in Phoenix for a half marathon. And so I don't know, he can kind of get away with doing that if he chooses to race as well. Um, I think he is planning on doing a couple more half marathons. But um yeah, he's he's uh, he's definitely pacing and um, kind of coaching as well at the same time. So, yeah, trying to do it all, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so we, we've hit on uh, you running with NAZ Elite and Ben Rosario being your coach. How did you choose to go to them after you graduated college? I always love to hear the the courtship process. <laughs> who who pursued who? I want to hear all about it. <laughs> Um, so, um, I'd kind of been talking to, um, agents, um, and trying to just figure out like which groups were out there and which ones were kind of interested. And Ben reached out, um, and he actually came to Albuquerque to watch one of my workouts and I met him and, um, then actually Steph wrote me a letter as well, which was really sweet. I remember I told Steph, I was like, I'm kind of excited, you know, I got this letter from Steph Bruce, who at the time, you know, I I didn't know her and I just would see her on like Instagram and stuff and I thought it was really cool. Um, and so that meant a lot. Um, and then I went for my visit to Flagstaff and um, really it was then, there was, there was two kind of main things for me is one, I knew I wanted to stay at altitude and um, if I wasn't going to be at five, um, 5.2, you know, at the Albuquerque uh, elevation, I wanted to go higher and Flagstaff offered that. Um, and then secondly, I knew that I wanted to go to the marathon and um, NAZ is one of the best marathon groups um, as far as I can see in in, in the country. And um, thirdly, I actually didn't want to be too far away from Albuquerque because that was, you know, that's been my home uh, mm-hmm. for five years of my life. And those were really important years, you know, I think from 18 to kind of 23, you, you do change a lot as a person. And so that was really my second home. Um, and I just, I had friends and, um, you know, I was close with, uh, my coach Joe and Laura Bowman, um, and Joe's, Joe's wife, Mindy. And I, I just didn't want to be too far away from them, um, in case, you know, something happened or I just wanted to go kind of, I don't want to say back home because, you know, England's my home, but in a way it kind of was home and I, I just didn't want to be too far away from there. So Flagstaff and NAZ just really made, made sense for me. Yeah, I could sense that, especially you're just, you're a young adult, you're just finishing college, your parents are like in another country. Yeah. How far from yeah. Albuquerque is Flagstaff? 
Um, so it was about four and a half, kind of five hours. Okay. Um, and I did kind of make that trip back. Uh, I think I did it maybe three times, um, like last in the last like year. And it really isn't that bad. I think if you get a good, um, you know, good playlist or podcast yeah. or whatever, and it kind of flies by. I didn't mind that. I didn't mind the drive. Um, if it was eight hours, it might be a different story. But I think four and a half is doable. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Eight hours, you're gonna have to get on a plane. Um, yeah. <laughs> so for those people that don't know, I have oh, okay. I have a question about college running and I like to learn these things when I interview people. So I'm going to ask you now. Um, so you are four time all American in the 10 K and you're the, you were the only person to have that honor. Can I ask, how does one get picked to be all American? This is like kind of embarrassing that I don't know, but I, I don't know. And I want to know the deets on that. So seeing as how you've been four time (laughs) all American in just the 10 K tell us. Yeah. It's confusing. It is confusing because I think also a lot of people, when I say I was all American, they're like, but you're not American. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's definitely, I don't do, I do not blame you at all. It is confusing. And honestly, when I came to uh, the NCA, I really didn't actually know about the whole all American and what it stood for or anything. So, um, basically when you, um, qualify for NCAs, um, if you get top eight, this is in track. Uh, so this is indoor and outdoors. If you get top eight, you're first team All-American. And then if you get top 16, um, so if you're eight to 16, you're second team All-American. And then in cross country, um, if you're top 40, so that's quite, that's a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Um, you're first team All-American. Uh, I think it's first team, maybe top 20s first team and second 20s second team. But I know the top 40 is all American in cross country. So it's basically top eight in track and top 40 in cross country. Okay, that makes you an all American. Yes, that makes you an all American. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. All right. Well, you know, it's I've interviewed, you know, hundreds, probably, I don't know, tons of people that are have all American honors. And I'm always like, okay, you're an all American in this, this and this. And I'm like, but what does that actually even mean? Okay. I just knew yeah. it was <laughs> prestigious and a big deal. But so four time in the 10k. So 10k was your main specialty in uh, college. Did you do you like cross country or track better? I like track better. Um, cross country for me. Um, just feels like the Hunger Games to me, cross country, especially <laughs> in the NCA, because there's just so many people. And um, I think in cross country, it's just terrifying because you can really be in amazing shape. Um, but if you don't get a good start or if, you know, something happens where you're uh, caught up in the middle of the pack and you've got to run around people and you end up running a bunch more, it's just tactics come in way mm. more, I think, in cross country. Um, whereas in track, I feel like, uh, at least for me, if I'm in good shape, I feel like that's, uh, it's more likely to kind of be, uh, shown on the track mm. than in cross country. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I just prefer track because, uh, I feel like it's for me, at least it, it can be more honest, especially in like the 10 K. I mean, I, I like to try and make the races honest at least, um, and, and see what I'm capable of in the day. Whereas cross country, it's like, God, anything could happen, you know? <laughs> the Hunger Games of running. I love that. That's, I'm going to start calling no, cross really country is. races that. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really miss cross country in the NC, to be honest. Um, 
yeah, it was um, a very like nerve wracking time. And um, as much as I loved the feeling of doing well, I much preferred the track. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. You're halfway through this injury, which honestly, as a non-injured, non-elite runner, I have to say that feels like really soon. Okay. I'm just trying to give you some encouragement here. I know that I'm not in your shoes. Though. Thank you. <laughs> um, three weeks feels very touchable to me though. So that's good news. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's talk about your plan to move up to the marathon fairly young and fairly soon. So you debuted the half marathon just this January of 2019. So talk about moving up so quickly. So, um, you know, as I said, I kind of started off running in my, you know, when I was um, 12, 13, um, just doing these kind of longer runs that I think most people normally start off with. I feel like most people start with the sprints and they kind of do the 400 and the 800 and stuff. Whereas I really started with the longer ones. And then when I went to New Mexico, um, you know, I'd expressed this to Joe as well, that I always wanted, I want eventually to be like a marathon runner. And so I think a lot of my training in college, um, was kind of gearing me up in a way to, for the marathon, like later on, um, every Friday I would do kind of a six to eight mile tempo. Um, and talking to, um, you know, like Danny and Aaron and Grayson, um, about the training that they did at Utah and Colorado and, um, LMU, um, it was actually very different. They, they didn't really do these long tempos. And, um, and then I, I think Ben realized as well that I was just naturally kind of better at the longer stuff than I was at the shorter, shorter reps. And, so we just kind of made that decision that um, I was going to do the Houston half marathon in January um, and then do a couple more half marathons later on uh, in the year and kind of shift my focus from the track to the roads a little more with this idea of doing a marathon this fall, which I mean, obviously that kind of got messed up thanks to my foot. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, we, it, we'd always, it wasn't just like, a, I think a lot of people thought, um, oh, wow, like you've just decided to do Chicago like totally out of the blue when actually I feel like it's kind of been in the works for a while Mm -hmm. um a lot of my workouts as well I didn't even realize at the time but Ben was kind of uh adding in these like marathon workouts um with you know a lot of mileage um the paces weren't necessarily anything outrageous but it was just a lot of miles like kind of like a a threshold pace um or like a a steady state as they call it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah um and so, yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't totally, uh, I don't feel like I'm not, you know, uh, prepared to do that. I feel like even the last like five years, I've kind of been working my way up to this point. And so it's not totally random. And I, uh, you know, I know everyone says like, oh, age is just a number, but you know, age is kind of just a number. I think it's just how long really you've actually been running for. Um, and right now I, I've been running competitively for about 10 years. And so, um, you know, a lot of people might do a marathon at, at 30, but they've only actually been uh, competing competitively and running and really putting that stress on their uh, their body and, um, you know, their body being used to running that much for 10 years, say. So I think, I think it really depends on when you started running and what your last kind of five years have looked like. And I like to think that I'm in a good position to, um, to give the marathon a crack, yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the best marathoners in the country, Jordan Hase, I mean, she probably started marathoning around that time too. Like I know she was really young and she's had a super successful career sometime at at this point, you know? Yeah, I think um, in a traditional view, 
you know, a lot of people do say, oh, wow, I really feel like you should wait until like you're late 20s early 30s before you start marathon I, I just think feel like you're too young and your body's not developed yet uh but I really think it, it varies from person to person and mm-hmm. I think if you if you genuinely feel ready and your body can kind of cope with that training um and those miles um and you've had a good consistent kind of five years or so I I don't see why 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 not you know yeah, I my interview last week on the podcast, one of the main like takeaways I had from it was it was like it's your path and like you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Everybody's path is different. This is your path. So, yeah. I like that. So go yeah. going One other thing I would say, yeah. sorry. No, go for it. <laughs> and then one other thing I would say as well is I think it depends on what if you actually want to do the marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I know I don't want to speak for my teammate Danny, but she's definitely more interested right now in doing the kind of shorter ones. I say shorter, 10K is not that short, but, you know, doing 10Ks and bettering her 5K time. But she eventually does, I think, want to move to the longer distances. Whereas to me, I kind of joined this team and said to Ben, like, I want to be a marathon runner. Um, that's always been my my goal. Um, you know, I, I, it's not that I want to go and run a fast. I, I would love to run a fast 5K and a 1500, but those aren't, that's not what I see myself as. I ultimately see myself as a marathon runner and I, and I want to do it. And I think that's really important to bear in mind as well as whether you actually want to do the marathon or not, or whether you feel like you should do it, you know? Yeah. Because do you think that, and I know not to speak for anybody else, but do you think there's pressure to do the marathon because yeah. it's like the glamorized event? Yeah, I think, um, I definitely think there's something to that. Um, I think there's a financial draw as well to do the sure. marathon yeah. just because, there does seem to be more money I think in road running than track racing Mm -hmm. unless you're really at that top end of track racing and you're going to the diamond leagues and stuff but um I think for a lot of 10k runners you know 10k isn't in the diamond league and they're taking out the 5k I I think Uh, I can definitely feel a pressure for people to go into the road running scene earlier on than perhaps they they want to yeah so but I've noticed in in the training with NAZ Elite like in the off seasons of marathons or whatever you want to call it, that we see Steph yeah. and other teammates PRing in the 5K and doing really big things in the shorter distances. So that's fun. I know. <laughs> yeah, it really, honestly, when they, when Kellen and Steph ran like 15, 17, and 15, 19 this year, I was just, it's <laughs> definitely, in a, in a weird way, it's like a confidence boost, I think, for me as well. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of came from that mindset of like, when you start shooting for a marathon, there is yeah. just no way I'm going to be PRing in the 5k. So to see them do that, that was really inspiring and just crazy. Like, it just shows, um, I think, like the strength of um, really having an amazing in- endurance. Um, as an athlete, you can actually achieve you know, those crazy times, the 5k, uh, which I only could dream of running. And so it's really, really inspiring, honestly, to see them to achieve that. Honestly, I'm hoping one day I can follow in their footsteps. All right. I am going to take a quick break and thank some sponsors who are helping make this podcast possible. And first I want to let you know, I am so excited to be heading back to the Donna marathon this February It's going to be so much fun. This is my third year going down to that event. Over the Donna Marathon weekend, there's a 5K, a half marathon, a half marathon relay, a marathon, and a 110 ultra marathon and challenge event. This marathon course is flat. It's fast for Boston qualifying, and it's beautiful. 
This is the official event for the Donna Foundation, which provides financial assistance and support nationwide to those living with breast cancer and funds groundbreaking research. Because of all of you and the help you provided last year, we were able to raise over $10,000 for the Donna Foundation. This is a race that is super special to me, and I hope you will consider coming to join. We are going to do a meetup down there, and it's just going to be so much fun. So go to the breastcancermarathon.com and use the code Lindsay15 to get 15% off your registration of any of those events. Also, make sure you check over on my Instagram today because we are doing a big weekend giveaway over there. And the link to the giveaway information will be shared on my Instagram page at lindsayhines 626 And then I want to thank Koros for sponsoring this podcast episode. Koros is the GPS watch of choice that both Glenn and myself use. The battery life on this watch is ridiculous and it's extremely accurate. It has this very sleek look and it's also great for cross training. I've been running in this watch and cross training in this watch for well over a year now and I can't recommend it enough. So if you are in the market for a new GPS watch, consider Koros. You can go to Koros.com and use the code ANOTHER. And when you go check out, you'll have the opportunity to get an extra band with your watch. And they have all kinds of cool colors. So when you use the code ANOTHER, you can get an extra band. So I have the plain black, but they have all kinds of fun colors and you can swap them out really easily. So again, that's Koros.com and use the code ANOTHER to get that extra band with your purchase. All right, friends, enjoy the remainder of my conversation with Alice Wright. Talk to us about training with Steph and Alephine and Kellen um, and just having those ladies who are a little bit older than you to set that role yeah. model example for you. So that was definitely one of the draws to this group as well is I really liked how mature the group was. Um, you know, everyone's in it uh, to really better themselves. And it doesn't feel like, um, it just doesn't feel like competitive or anything at training, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I think can be hard for, um, you know, female, female groups or athletes, because at the end of the day, running is a solo pursuit and you are competing against people but we have a really good dynamic on our team um where everyone really genuinely wants success for um everyone on the team and we really are just there to like help each other out and um there's never that feeling of like that last rep like everyone kind of you know when I used to you know when you're uh 14 yeah 15 I I remember like people would look around in the last rep as if like here we go now the race <laughs> begins but like it's just very uh nice to like not have that and to feel like your teammates want genuine success for you um which I, I feel fortunate to have had it in New Mexico as well but there was definitely a draw to this like mature aspect of this team and um, just having all the different personalities as well um, on the team. You know, Steph is like, she's kind of like the mom of the team. Um, and then Kellen is just like so tough and like, wow, like how is she doing this? And she just really gets her head down. Um, and Alephine is just like always just so like, um, like always like laughing and asking mm -hmm. you how you are and just brings like a lighthearted attitude to training. Um, and they all just run so fast as well that it's like really, really inspiring. And um, I just feel so lucky to like have them as teammates to have them to like look up to as well. Yeah. And I know I, I, from what I would 
see on Instagram, it seemed like you and Grayson were pretty close. Was that hard to see her move in a different direction more, more than anything because you don't get a train together anymore? Yeah, you know, Grace and I lived together and we were really best friends. Um, and I like to think we still are. I'm actually going to see her in a couple of weeks. Um, and so, yeah, it was definitely sad for me to see her leave. But, you know, I was happy for her. I knew um, it wasn't anything to do with NAZ or any of us. It was just she kind of had to follow um, her happiness. And, you know, she wanted to be in Utah. And she even said to me, she was like, if you know, her boyfriend Logan and her family could be in Flagstaff, then she would totally mm. stay, but she just missed them too much. And I understand and I totally support her, you know, why she left. But yeah, of course I miss Grayson and um I'm I am excited to catch up with her in a couple of weeks and see how she's doing. And it's really cool to see her doing so well um with her trail running and the road racing and just to see her so happy as well. That's like really cool for me. Yeah, I can imagine that getting super homesick and like being super homesick, but also for someone like Grayson, like her family's close enough that like going back home isn't quite, you know, a change as if you were like, well, I'm going to head back to the UK now. Yeah, I think um, in a way I, I could see that being worse because they're uh-huh. almost at your fingertips, you know yeah, what I mean? But they're totally. just not quite there yeah um whereas for me I've been in this rhythm of going home once or twice a year for like the last six years now and so this feels quite normal and I've you know I've had you know these last six years to just get used to that and um so I think for Grayson you know she went to university in Utah as well and so she was really moving away um from home you know last year and so um, I can I can totally see how that that would have been hard for her and she does have a boyfriend in Utah and it's not like I have one in England and I'm yeah. like missing him or whatever so um, yeah I feel quite settled here and um, I don't know I, I can I can see how it would have been hard for her to move away and why she probably wanted to move back to be honest yeah so talk to us about the making the Olympic team training here but if you make the Olympic team you'll be trying to make the UK team what does that look like Mm-hmm. Um, so I am hoping to go back for the London Marathon, which is our official trial for the marathon. Um, and I need to get the standard, which is two twenty nine thirty, um, and then try and be in the top three Brits. And then timing wise, it's not great because the ten k is only a couple weeks. I think three weeks after the London Marathon. So whether it kind of all depends on how London goes, but whether I. I go for Highgate as well which is the trial um and it's similar kind of um circumstances you've got to get top three and um well they've got this you know this point system um and they're introducing uh that this year good the Olympic year they didn't do that for the world champs and so um I need to kind of get some points behind me I find it honestly I find it very confusing yes at the moment, I'm just kind of hoping for the best and hoping that I have got a good point um, and like world ranking or whatever. But um, I think, yeah, when I get back from this injury, I'll probably start really uh, once I see like how, how I'm fitting, slotting back into training and we've got some races on the schedule. I'll kind of try and uh, manipulate that round this point system to make sure that I do have some points um, for the 10K as well. So do you have to get all of your points in races in the UK? No. Um, so each race, I think, in the world has points and you can go to whichever one it doesn't have you don't doesn't have to be your country okay. of origin or which country you're running for. Um, so I, I know um, I've 
uh, I know new, um, gosh, sorry, <laughs> NCAs had actually quite a few points. I remember at UNM, they would, you know, Joe would tell me about the, the points NCAs. Um, and then Diamond Leagues have a lot of points, but they obviously don't have the 10K there. So it's really your, it's real trial races, I think. Okay. And then I think Peyton Jordan and Stanford have points. It's really just major 10Ks, um, of which there are a few of. And so I feel like if you're a 10K, run, 10K runner, you're going to be at them anyway. And that's why I'm not worrying too much because it's like, well, I probably would have done Stanford anyway, whether or not, um, you know, there was a points in that race. Um, and because there aren't that many 10Ks really out there, there like there are points available, I think, at that one. So, um, yeah, I'm trying not to worry too much about the whole points thing. But I do know that um, you can kind of get them at any any race. And it depends kind of who's in the race as well and how many points they have, I think. It's all about who you beat in races and how uh, you compare against them in the world ranking system. Wow. I think. This Don't is confusing. That, but what, it's, what about like a 10 miler, uh-huh. like the cherry blossom or something? No. So okay, I there wouldn't be any points. So it has to be the race that you're the trying race to that get you're points trying to get for. Points for. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I feel I like think, that was I a think. really dumb question, but I had to ask because it's a really popular. No, race. no, no. Okay. So like your points <laughs> for the marathon, they have to be marathon points. Your points for the 10K, they have to be 10K points. Yeah. Now the marathon, I feel, is different. Oh, my gosh. Um, I know. I know. Well, you can only race so many marathons. The thing is, yeah, I think it's that, but I also think, um, so I know with the Olympic standard thing, um, if you get top 10 at a world major, you that's like an automatic Olympic standard, no matter what you run. Okay. Um, so that's one kind of like loophole, I guess. And then the main reason why I'm trying to get it for the, these points for the 10K is because the Olympic um, standard is uh, 31, um, I want to say 31.25. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, that's pretty far away from what I've run, which is, 31.56 I know it doesn't 30 seconds 31 seconds doesn't sound a lot in the grand scheme of things but if I look at like my progress of the 10k for you know the last five years I've typically improved about 15 to 20 seconds um per year okay to make that 31 second jump is going to be um you know I'm not going to say it's going to be impossible but it's going to definitely be hard and so with the point system, you basically, it takes time away, I think, from your, um, from your 10k time. I remember when I did Europeans last year, um, I ran, I think it was like 32, 35 or 36 in the race, but because of the race that it was the Europeans, it was in a point system and the time somehow converted to like 31, 30, just because of the points system. So um, I honestly, I could be talking complete trash right now. Um, <laughs> but that's what I was told. You know, yeah. People were telling me like, oh, that converts to that with the points that you got. Um, but honestly, I don't fully understand it. And I definitely would like to be more well like first in it and read up on it um, when I really start like planning out my races so that I kind of know which ones to do. Um, but it's, it's very confusing. I think that's the underlying. Yeah. Well, it makes me feel better because I'm like, (laughs) I feel like I should have this down by now, but it's, it, it is confusing. So in a perfect world, Mm -hmm. do you race, do you try to make the 10 K or like the marathon team or just either one is going to be great for you? this year yeah I mean either one is for sure going to be great for me um I would take anything beggars can't be cheesers <laughs> right. but um as I was like 
you know, I do want to ultimately be, um, I want marathon to be my main event, um, to make that marathon team, I think would be, if I could pick, say it would probably be my first pick to go for the marathon. Yeah. Cause right now I'm assuming Charlotte Purdue, and then I don't even know who the other UK runners that would be your ma- big competition. Do you, do you know who's like slotted up to probably make the team already? Yeah, so Steph Twell, um, she's an amazing athlete and she, um, you know, she really did a marathon, Valencia marathon last year. I think she ran about 2.30 um, off not really, I mean, I don't want to talk for her, but not a huge amount of marathon specific training. Um, and then, you know, this year she ran amazingly over the 10K. I think she, Highgate, she won in like 31.15. Mm. Um, so she's really got range. And I think it it just really depends on which one she chooses. I think she'll make it in either one. Um, I know Charlotte's definitely going for the marathon and she's run, had an incredible year. Um, and then uh, there's another girl, Lily Partridge. I don't know if you've had her on your podcast. Mm-hmm. I haven't yet. Um, she's, yeah, she's very successful in the marathon as well. And so she'll definitely be up there. But, you know, it's an Olympic year. I feel like everyone comes out the woodwork yeah. for uh, the Olympic year. Like, who's to say, like, Paula Radcliffe isn't just going to slip <laughs> back in there? Like, you just never know, you know? <laughs> Paula's like, I'm just going to um, jog but... at 2.30 here, see what I can do at yeah, age 46 exactly. or however old she is. Yeah, um, I mean, I doubt that she will, but you just, I never want to say who I think my main competitors are because you yeah. just, I always see it in marathon, in Olympic years, it's just like, just new people are coming out and old faces are coming back and it's just really I think you just got to bring your a game on the day and do the best that you possibly can and hope that it's enough yeah so what do you envision you know when you do cross the finish line of that first marathon do you picture like what you'll be thinking and and what'll be going on in your mind um so it's interesting because you know, Steph and Scott, um, who I, I did a bit of the build up with for mm-hmm. Chicago, mm-hmm. um, they always told me that the marathon is very different from the half marathon and the half marathon is more like an elongated 10 K. But I, and I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can't talk for the marathon, but the half marathon for me really does feel like an elongated 10 K. I really thought, Oh, I went in very naive to the half marathon thinking, Oh gosh, like this pace is so much slower than the 10 K and it's going to feel great for like the first seven miles. And whether I've been running half marathon wrong this whole last year, <laughs> I don't know, but it hasn't felt, I don't think at any point in a half marathon have I felt, wow, I feel really comfortable right uh-huh. now. Um, but Steph and Scott, you know, they told me that you kind of get to, you should at least get halfway feeling, wow, this feels really easy and I feel great. Um, I mean, whether you feel great, but you should at least feel like, um, you're holding back, mm-hmm, um, which mm-hmm. I've never felt in a half marathon. And so I really am hoping to have that feeling in my first marathon. And, um, you know, I'd love to make sure that I'm conservative in that first half so that the last half um, can be, you know, it can be a, a negative split and I can feel, I don't want to say good. Obviously, I don't want to feel good in the last right. um, like 5K because I think you really need to like dig deep and push. But I, I, hoping it's not going to feel too far removed from other races where you really have to make that decision in the last 5k to really sell out and give it your all um and so yeah I I try not to freak myself out too much but definitely it's been eye-opening doing these marathon workouts the last couple months um before I, I got this foot injury um just having that feeling of running on tired 
legs and it's definitely a different feeling to you know the cross country and the 10k that I did in college um and so I didn't really know what to expect I'm sure it's going to be heavy legs and extreme tiredness but I'm mentally I feel like I'm just going to be pushing as hard as I would at the end of a 10k or a half marathon you know yeah I would echo those sentiments sentiments on the half like I think half marathons are hard, maybe not from start to finish, but like three miles in, you're like already gunning. Like it's so fast. So yeah, I totally hear what you're saying there. I know I always think in a marathon, I'm like, get to the second half, get to mile 16, get to mile 20 and like unleash, unleash, unleash just a little bit Uh more, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because you can't unleash anything in that first half or you're screwed. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, I'm glad that you say that. That's good advice. I'm honestly wanted to take on as much advice as I can from marathon runners um, before I start my first one. Um, I'm definitely going to go in fearful. I'm not going to be going in like I, I felt like I kind of went into those half marathons um, just naive, thinking it was going mm. to be easier mm-hmm. than it was. But mm-hmm. the marathon, I know the marathon is a different beast. And so I'm definitely going in cautious and fearful. <laughs> yeah, well, now... I talked to Grayson quite a bit about this when she was on the podcast. She, I know she had some, like, a lot of mental battles with um, r- the r- mental side of racing. Do you struggle with that, or is that a strength mm-hmm. of yours? Um, I I don't want to be – I don't want to hope I don't sound arrogant here, but I like to pride myself on my, like, mental strength when it comes to mm-hmm. racing. I think I just be, I've just grown up in a family that's very competitive. We've always competed against one another, and – um you know just having that kind of um I don't want to say like sheer kind of competitivity which I totally think Grayson has by the way yeah (laughs) Uh, but I um I don't I don't think I struggle too much with the mental side I think um for me at least I I like to think that the mental side is kind of my strength and it's probably more physically Mm -hmm. where I I kind of look at my family and I'm like, you know, I've got, uh, I come from my sister's road and I don't have anyone as my family. And I sometimes feel like I'm just forcing my genetics. And so I try and see it as like my mental side is my strength and my physical side is kind of where I really need to work on. Um, whereas I think with Grace and she's so physically made for running, she's honestly one of the most talented runners mm. I've run with. And, um, I think, She's mentally very strong as well, but um, I really um, respect her for kind of, you know, admitting that she kind of does struggle with those mental um, mental kind of demons when it comes to racing. And I always used to tell her, I was like, look, just so you know, everyone gets so nervous before races, but no one will admit it, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, not many people mm-hmm. would admit it. Um, everyone, I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I'm going to speak for everyone. (laughs) Everyone stands on the start line nervous. And I think a lot of people, including myself, think, my gosh, what am I doing? Uh What am I doing? Am I crazy? This is like, oh gosh, I just, I don't know if this is a good idea. Like, am I going to be able to make it? Oh, it's going to be so painful. Everyone has those kind of like negative thoughts at the beginning but it's that it's the like uh, fulfillment that you get from the success of doing well that really makes it all worth it um and just that sheer like endorphin adrenaline that feeling that kind of makes you feel alive in like a cheesy way I guess (laughs) um you know is what makes it worth it and as long as you're kind of getting that I feel like that can outweigh the negatives of the the pre-race nerves which everyone gets and I always used to try and tell Grayson like everyone gets it they just won't admit it you know so you're not alone (laughs) yeah well because especially probably 
when you're running pro, it's like you don't want anything to be seen as weakness. Yeah, exactly. I think, and that's why I think a lot of people, um, you know, won't admit when they're feeling nervous. And um, I always find it funny, and I say it myself as well. Everyone says, I'm so excited to race, you mm, know, mm-hmm. um, that's it. everyone's racing elements. I'm so excited to go to this race. When actually, I think, I don't know whether excitement is the word. I think, like, <laughs> I'm very apprehensive to race, and I'm really nervous that it's not going to go well, but I'm excited at the opportunity of it going amazing and having that breakthrough race and being super successful and, you know, really um, getting a personal best or whatever it is. I think that's more the excitement rather than excited about, uh, you know, like before the race and the race itself. I think it's just the excitement of the opportunity to do well, you know? Yeah, I'm excited about what the finish line is going to feel like. <laughs> but I love yeah, what you say yeah. about feeling alive when when you're out there racing. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Cause and like, I think maybe I just have more of an appreciation for it now that I can't, you know, I'm injured. Yeah. And I think all these feelings of like, uh, oh, I just want to run. I just want to race. are kind of coming out in extra strength. Um right now probably so I probably sound a little like melodramatic about the whole thing <laughs> no you know what there's probably a lot of runners that are listening to this who had a fall marathon or race teed up that are sidelined by injury and probably really appreciate everything you're saying in, in regards to that oh. I'm so sure of that <laughs> I hope so <laughs> all right Alice I well so. excited for 2020 and what what's going to happen there thank you do you have anything like that you think that's going to be on the schedule? I know you have to kind of let the foot heal and decide how training's going to go. Yeah. So we're thinking Houston half. Um, I know it is a little soon. Uh, right now it feels like a long way away, but I'm sure mm-hmm. when I get back running, I'm going to be like, oh, God, what? I've only got like eight weeks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I always think you've really just got to bust that rust. Um, I'm not afraid to race that I'm not fully fit. Mm. I think it's important for me to get into full fitness. Um, I hope I can just do better than I did last year because I'm going to have a similar kind of build up. Um, I had an Achilles injury actually last year. And so it will be similar. And I, I learned a lot of lessons during that build up. And I, I just hope I can put in a, a strong performance there, uh, gain some fitness. Um, but really, everything is gearing towards um, hopefully doing a London Marathon. Um and then I'd love to get in a 10K at Stanford um, at some point, um, try and run a PB there and get some of these points. <laughs> get those um, points. And then whether I do, yeah, these special points. Um, and then whether I do a 5K, perhaps. Um, it just kind of depends on timing and how, how my body's feeling. But really the marathon is my main my main goal for next year. Yeah. Okay. Let's do end of podcast questions. That sounds really exciting. Okay. And I'm, I'm excited to see you build and be healthy. And um, Thanks. Fingers crossed I stay healthy. That's just my main goal. Honestly, yes. I know it sounds so lame, but like just staying healthy, please, Lord. <laughs> I know. And those bone injuries, it's like, ugh, like you, you wish you could have like an image on it at all times so that like if anything's oh looking gosh, funny. Could... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so relatable what you say, honestly. Like, I kind of dream of, like, being an MRI. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I really, if I could just have an MRI, like, every day, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I just really want to know exactly what's going. If I need to take three days off to prevent it from happening, yeah. I will. Like, whatever. Um. Okay. Yeah. What is one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? 
Um, I know it's very generic, but go to the Olympics mm. has always been my lifelong goal. And so, yeah, go to the Olympics has got to be my answer to that one. What's an accomplishment you're most proud of? Um, I think, oh gosh. So I, I just think this year, breaking 32 has always been, you know, a big goal of mine in the 10K. And so breaking 32 was really special for me this year. But honestly, there was lots in the NCA, which I was really proud of winning with my team and getting a couple runner-up positions. So yeah, I don't want to be greedy with that question, but I, I'm going to say breaking 32 in the 10K right now. I don't know why your answer made me think of this, but you're my first interview since uh, Kipchoge ran the 159. Does that oh, wow. <laughs> does that inspire you? Like, did that get you fired up? Yeah, it's it's funny because I really thought this weekend was going to be a little depressing just with Chicago. Mm -hmm. I was so pumped for Scott and Steph, but I was obviously down about yeah. not being there myself. But it was, God, it was actually so inspiring to see, you know, um, Kipchoge break two hours in the marathon and then obviously seeing um, Bridget Koskai run 214 and get Crazy. another world record and then Steph and Scott PR in the Chicago marathon. Um, I was really inspired. Um, so yeah, that was, it was definitely an overwhelming and really, really um, exciting weekend in the running world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a nonprofit you like to support? Um, I think any kind of cancer research, I think mm -hmm. everyone knows someone that's been affected by cancer. And so um, that's something that I like to support. And then in England, um, you know, if I've got any kind of spare change, I'll try and donate to um, the lifeboat um, rescue just because it's not government funded and okay. it is a small island. And so, um, you know, I think it's important that that's supported. And then obviously... Um, well, not obviously, but an environmental protection um, agency or nonprofit. Uh, that's important to me just because I feel like that's something that kind of needs to be supported right now. Yeah. What is, um, if you could have coffee or cocktail with someone, fun, motivating, or inspiring, <laughs> who would it be? Um, so I have to say, honestly, my sisters, just because mm. I love and miss them so much. Um, but if we're talking like celebrity worlds, I'm going to go out on a whim a bit here, but like Gwen Stefani, just because mm. I think she's so cool. <laughs> she is so and cool. And she's always just been like, just one of those people. I grew up listening to her, like Harajuku Girls, um, that like Love Angel Music Baby album. And I think I just always thought she was like the coolest thing. So yeah, it'd be cool to get a cocktail with her. <laughs> um, okay, two follow-up questions. One, where are you in the lineup mm -hmm. of your sister's? I am the baby of the okay. family. Um, I hope that's not too obvious, but yeah, I'm, um, I've got two older sisters, so I'm the third. Yeah. Okay. And then Gwen Stefani. So I'm quite a bit older than you, but when I was growing up, I listened to her when she was in No Doubt. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're post No Doubt days. I am post No Doubt days, but I did try and go back. I have to be honest, though, I didn't like her new doubt, uh, no doubt rather, um, music as much as when she was solo. Uh -huh. Um, I just, I think I honestly just thought her hair was like hair goals uh -huh. <laughs> and she was just such like a fashion icon to me. And then she did that whole like Harry's good girls kind of like vibe thing. I just, my sister went traveling and she bought me back the album and I just thought it was like the coolest thing um so yeah I'm post no doubt <laughs> yeah and it's crazy too like I remember when she was on the voice and she had 
I don't think she does it anymore, but she had her, her newest baby was still like one. I think she was like yeah. 47 or something. She had a baby so late and now she must be 50 by now. And she looks like she's 32. <laughs> yeah. She just looks amazing. So she's really just goals all around, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's fun. Um, okay. What's the best, most recent book that you've read? So I have to be honest and I'm not, I need to read more. I really, I need to read more. Um, right now I'm trying to read The Woman in the Window, okay. um, which I've got kind of 50 pages into, um, which is quite big for me, honestly. I kind of lose interest. I really find it hard to concentrate on books um, if I'm not like totally engaged in like the first couple pages. Um, but this one I'm enjoying. And then I read some really good autobiographies, like I was saying, like Paula Radcliffe and Kelly Holmes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found those really inspiring. But honestly, I hate to say this, but I'm probably more of like a Netflix. Like I like to watch shows and like documentaries. Um, but no, I must get on the book reading um, by Megan. I also really liked Meb's 26 Marathons. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't read that, I would definitely recommend that. That was really good. No, I, I like that answer, though, because sometimes I talk to runners and I'm not saying they're pretentious, but, you know, people are like, I don't, yeah. watch, I don't watch TV. And I'm like, OK, well, TV's cool, too. So tell <laughs> yeah, us. I know. Tell us what um, tell us what shows you like on Netflix. Oh, I. Oh, my gosh. Breaking Bad. I just uh, can't get better than Breaking Bad. Honestly, can't get better. Did you know there's um, a follow up movie that just came out? Oh, I watched it. I literally- Is it good? <laughs> I was like waiting for the day. My roommate um, also like was a big, big bad fan. And so we were really just like counting down the days until El, El Capitan, which is the movie. You know, it was never going to be as good as the series yeah. because I just don't see how it could be. Um, but I would definitely recommend watching it. I thought it was good. Um, I think if I'd seen it, you know, without um, kind of like having got so invested in the Breaking Bad series, mm-hmm. I would have thought it was amazing. But because I was constantly comparing, I have to say Breaking Bad, like the series was better. But definitely watch the movie. I'm going to. If you've watched the I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely recommend. And Better Call Saul. I mean, I love that too. Yes. My, well, so my husband, we were at my in-laws last night and my husband and my father-in-law watched, I guess they, I didn't realize this because I passed out at like 8.30. I was so tired. Um, but I guess they <laughs> yeah, were upstairs. Yeah, Yeah, they're upstairs watching it. And um, so I'm like, well, you're going to have to watch it again now because that Breaking Bad is like one of the one shows that we've gotten into together, you know? So I'm excited to, and yeah, we watch Better Call Saul too. It's so good. Yeah, so good. I just, it just blows my mind. Like they must have like written it backwards or something because there's just so many twists. So clever. It's just so clever how it's um, filmed. Um, And I think the fact that it was in Albuquerque as well, um, or New Mexico, was so cool for me as well. Because it's just so many things where I was like, oh my gosh, I've been to that gas station. Like, I've been to eat there. Um, But I just, yeah, I'm all about the Breaking Bad thing. (laughs) Okay, guys, we'll move on from this, but I have one more follow-up question. If anybody's a fan of these shows, they'll appreciate it, I'm sure. But anybody who's not is like, all right, move on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who's your favorite character in Better Call Saul? I have I have a really like answer I feel very strongly about. So I know it's very obvious, but Saul, I loved him in Breaking Bad, and so that I then uh-huh. watched um, Better Call Saul, and so I think that just followed through that I was like such a Saul fan. Um, I really liked Mike. Um, I'm kind of mixing up the um, characters in my mind a bit now, but um. Yeah, I, I have to say probably Saul. My sister's really like Saul's um, bodyguard. I can't remember his name. 
But they were like, they thought he was hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, but I didn't really, I was like more about soul, honestly. What about you? Mike. Like oh, I, you really like Mike. Oh yeah. yeah I have this <laughs> obsession with Mike. Like any storyline that revolves Mike I, around Mike, I'm like, yes, more of that, please. I don't know. I just, I just love, I think he's such an interesting character and he's, he's so mysterious that I think you want to know more about him. And so when they finally like give you more of an insight into his life, I think it's just so it, like, you just want to see more. <laughs> yeah. And he's like a, he's like a bad guy, but he's actually like a really a good guy. Even though know, he does bad things. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. know, I know you pity him. It's sorry. Yeah, I, mean, you, I could. This could be a whole. I know. Podcast, we, <laughs> well, you and I could start a podcast on about Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Alice. What is your one message you'd like to send to the world? Um. Okay. So I think we probably got um two here, and this might just be because I've I'm thinking a bit of the whole like injury mindset mm-hmm. thing. But I think everything happens for a reason. Um, is quite an important. Thing, you know it's like a um it's like a quote I, I like to like think about at least um I think it, even if it's not like true I think you should try and tell yourself at least when bad things happen that there's a reason why it's happened and you have to try and work out why it might be you know mm-hmm. um and then I also think sometimes you have to do things you don't like in order to do the things you really do like um I got this um I'm an ambassador for this skincare company called Frey and they sent me this product and it had a little quote in it and it said, um, all joy is made up of a lot of non-joy. And I think that's a really cool thing to think about because it's true. Like even, you know, right now um, I'm going through this injury in order to be a better runner in in the end. And I think I hate being injured and it's something I don't enjoy and it's a lot of non-joy, but it will ultimately bring me more joy in the end, if that makes sense. Yes, that's really good. And so random that it came from, you know, something they sent you, but sometimes it shows up in the most, you know, non, you would never have picked it out places. Well, I honestly received that literally the day before I got injured. And I remember reading it and thinking, that's weird. And then the next day I was like, wow, Wow. it's almost like it was like sent from God, you know, it was like... Just to remind me, just to remind me of that. Um, and so I think it's always, because I, I often think it, it kind of irritates me sometimes when people are like, oh, life's too short. You should mm-hmm. do something you enjoy every single day. Mm. But is that ultimately fulfilling if you're just not, you know, pushing yourself? It's it's like the other quote, like life begins at the end of your comfort zone. It's like you really do have to push yourself through things that you don't enjoy doing in order to get to like your ultimate enjoyment and success and happiness. Um, I don't think happiness can just come from doing something you enjoy every day. I think there's got to be hard times and tough times in there in order to get to the good times. Yeah. I mean, let's like preach it for marathon training, right? You know, like some of those workouts are not going to feel fun, but that's if you want the fun at the finish line, you got to put it, put it in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a really good way of looking at it too. Yeah, well, and while we wrap up, I just want to acknowledge you are sponsored by Hoka Aneane and Koros. You run for NDZ yeah. Elite. So um, anything you want to say about the the two of them? Um, honestly, they've both been amazing. Hoka has been super supportive from when I first joined NAZ. Um, I met the owners, Mike um, and Lee, um, well, at least of the marketing side, uh, a couple months ago now. And um, just like hearing about the company's roots and what they stand for, um, I just couldn't vouch more for the company. It's, and it really isn't. I know it's obviously 
people will think, oh, it's just because she's sponsored, yeah. she kind of has to say this. But truly, um, you know, if I wasn't sponsored by them, um, I would say the same. They really are. They really care about the athletes and they really care about uh, making products that are going to make them successful um, and, you know, really reaching the top of um what's possible for shoe wear and um and in athletic performance and just yeah it's a really really great company and they've got really good morals and values and then chorus you know i only really started with them um earlier this year but they've been great so far um i absolutely i mean again i'm not just saying this because i'm like sponsored by them i've honestly tried um you know a bunch of different gps watches but i have to say um chorus amazing i do have you got a chorus amazing yes. battery life yes I'm... unbelievable yeah i went back to england for three weeks this summer and i forgot my charge i thought oh, i'm gonna have to buy one online it was still on 35 percent when i got back i'd been away for three weeks i just could not i couldn't believe it i just couldn't believe it i know um, i and i feel like yeah. that's one thing like when you're traveling if i can take one less charger with me great yeah, because it's yeah. it's like I, f- I feel like there's just always so many things that have to be charged. Yeah, seriously. And it's it's been great for me cross training as well, because they've got this watch has so many settings. So I have the apex and it has, mm-hmm. you know, you can swim on it. You could bike on it. Um, and I just wearing it in the pool is really like I think it's really um, improved my cross training. Um, I like to like look at my heart rate and stuff. And um, yeah, this this watch has been great. And the company as a whole, it's um, yeah, it's a really cool company, and they I know they have a lot of um, it's kind of like Hoka with the they have a lot of um, invest a lot in like the trail running world, um, and yeah, the, I always just think they're cool people and like people who are in the trail running world, and so I'm a big fan of both companies, honestly, and I I have to say it's not just because I'm sponsored <laughs> by them that I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. So I hope I sound genuine. <laughs> yeah, no, I um. I use the Coros too and I, I love it because I use it for, well, I haven't been swimming in a long time because I've been like, I, I try to swim more when I'm scared about injury and I've been like, my body's been feeling yeah. really good. So maybe that means I actually should be smart and throw in a swim day once a week. But I love it because it tracks your laps. And um, yeah, I yeah, really like that it does. But I honestly do not blame you for not getting in the pool because <laughs> you as soon as I'm to. done with this, I, I'm I staying far away from the pool. I'll do Ulta G. I'll do anything else other than this. But I know. My I ne- hair just needs a break as well. <laughs> oh, for sure. I know. I never regret a swim. But it is so hard to work up the motivation to get the swimsuit on. It's so hard. Yeah, I know. Getting Um, in is the worst part. (laughs) For sure. Well, okay, Alice, this was really fun. And um, I mean, I knew it would be, but it was even more fun than I thought it would be. So thank you for this. Aw, thank you for um, choosing me to do your podcast. I really appreciate it. No problem. All right. Well, good luck getting back at it. And I will send you an email when this is ready to go live. Great. Thank you so much, Cindy. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks so much for listening today. Thank you, Alice, for coming on the podcast. You all can find Alice on Instagram. She is alicewright139. You can find me on Instagram. I'm lindsayhine626. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm lindsayhine over there. We also have a Facebook page and a group. If you just search, I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. You can check out both of those. Also, I want to let you all know, I started a podcast network that 
maybe some of you have heard me talk about, but I'm really excited about it. Head over to the Instagram page for that, Sandy Boy Productions, and we are sharing all kinds of great information and episodes about all the other podcasts who are coming on under the network. So you'll see all the posts and see what's going on, who's being interviewed, what episodes are happening when you follow Sandy Boy on Instagram, and that's Sandy Boy Productions. Make sure you check out those podcasts. The two podcasts who have signed on to the network so far are the Illuminate podcast. Uh, So far, we've got seven episodes over there, two of which I have hosted myself. And then the Up and Running podcast, Lauren Flores is the host over there, and she's doing a great job keeping you up to date on all the running info. I want to say we had a little bit of sound issues in the first few episodes. And if you go back now and check it out, the last two episodes, she has really figured it out and fixed the problem. So go over and check it out. The up and running podcast. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here. Have a really great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.